Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Oh my god, my mic's totally in the wrong spot. Sorry. <laughs> okay, we're good. Well, when I hit the little... That's why it's making little noises, because I hit... Because I hit oh. the uh, the windscreen. That was a really funny noise. <laughs> it's a windscreen, nothing else. Apparently, I've, I've knocked it into my fake hair a couple of times, and... <laughs> I'm like I'm like Zach Baggins. What was that? What was that? Oh my god! <laughs> Did you hear that? What was that? Did you feel that? Oh my god! <laughs> I like how he says that. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that? And there's clearly nobody else standing next to him. Everybody's like, "You tripping, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you are tripping, like sir. He's, he is on a mic with people in like a whole different room than him, and he's like, "Did you guys feel that?" Oh my god, it's like for real, bro. Oh, oh man, but there have been some good ones. Yes, there really have been. And you know what? If nothing else, <laughs> as as ridiculous as I think some of the reactions are, if nothing else, I love that show for the history of the places that they visit mm-hmm. and the spooky stories. Um, do I believe that the investigations are real? Do you debunk that? I, yeah. <laughs> the, oh my god, the dust. The dust particle debunking. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, guys, you're in an old ass building. I can clean my house and five minutes later there'd be dust. It's my my ever and never ending battle. They could see a little like floof of cat hair and they're like, you guys, did you see that? Yep. <laughs> that went in front of the camera right as I felt that little gust of cold wind. Y'all obviously don't have a ragdoll cat because there are snowdrifts <laughs> all over this house. That's why I have two Roombas. <laughs> oh, man. It's just the best. Now, did I mildly freak out when the water turned... You know, because Tony Stark dies. Did I mildly freak out when the water <laughs> turned on by itself in the Cecil Hotel episode? Yes, I did. Because that was some creepy shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to say, I kind of went... <gasps> But that, I didn't scream. Did you make it through that uh, Bruja, the House of Bruja episode? No, not Bruharia. yet. But I is Bruja. Bruja. Roll the R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I haven't finished yet, but I plan to because I figure we're probably going to talk about it. It's interesting. Yeah, we can maybe do that one and the Cecil Hotel episode together. <gasps> I like it because we didn't get to do it. That's right, we didn't. Quarantine. Like this plan. There's also the Netflix too. <laughs> Oh yeah, maybe so we'll many Cecil like Hotel things. One big Cecil Hotel episode, I but like it. maybe we should go there mm. and rent a room. You're really trying to give me a heart attack and podcast from one of the rooms. Again, you're really trying to give me a heart attack. I, I'm not driving my car down there though. We're going Uber down there. So then I'm stuck there. <laughs> no, you can call it Uber. That's a far Uber. <laughs> I'm just not I'm not parking my car there. Can we park it at Universal and take the train? Yeah, we can park at Universal and take the train. So but, a little closer. But you want to walk to the train station? Because I don't. Oh, that's far. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm not walking to the train station down on Skid Row. Nope, no sir. That's or right. ma'am. Or person. Not happening. That's right. I forgot where it is. Well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I have a joke for you. I'm ready. What is a witch's favorite crime show? <gasps> I don't know what. America's Most Haunted. <laughs> it's mine, too. 
That's good. That's okay. our lifelong obsession with ghost adventures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and unsolved mysteries in the 90s. Well, I have a joke for you. Okay. Why do Halloween ghosts moan, tremble, and shiver? I don't know why. <laughs> because of what's happening under that sheet. hey <laughs> I saw that one. I was like, yeah, we're going to do that one. That's funny. <laughs> well, shall we get into our booze news? We should. <gasps> booze news. Booze news. Okay. So. Excitement. Excitement. First up, for those that are uh, local to the Southern California area, area, if you aren't, I'm very sorry, skip forward like 60 seconds. Um, there are new exhibitions coming up at our one of our favorite local haunts, Sugar Mint Gallery, located in lovely and glamorous Pasadena, California, just outside of Los Angeles. So first up, they have a Toil and Trouble, Witches Throughout the Ages exhibition. Oh, I can't wait. I know that one's going to be fun. Um, so that runs March 6th through April 17th. And then there is a Dexter tribute that is called My Dark Passenger. That'll be running from May 1st through June 19th, followed by a, this one I'm super excited for. It's a Ghostbusters tribute. Ooh. I know. I'm really excited. Um, So that will be running from June 26th to 8-14, August 14th. Sorry, I'm mixing up my date nomenclature. Um, And then last but not least, they're going to be doing their Welcome to Haddonfield exhibition, which they do a version of each year, um, but with new art and such. But this time they are including some art from the wonderful movie Trick or Treat. And that will be running from September 4th through Halloween. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And for those that have never been, Sugarman is a, it's a super cute little arts and crafts style house in uh, a bougie upscale neighborhood of Pasadena. And it's near that really cute little main street with all the great vintage shops and uh, restaurants and such. But they have all of these great traveling art exhibitions. They do movies in the backyard. They have all sorts of other little spooky pop-ups. There's usually um, Terror Market pop-ups there when it's safe to host those but there haven't been obviously because covid i know but but the exhibitions are super safe they cap admission um you're obviously required to wear a mask they do some other you know questionnaire screenings and such so they leave everything open like windows doors everything so there's good ventilation it's awesome nice so yeah definitely check that out i always like going there it's super fun and I, I know they said they're going to start the uh, movies, too, again. They are doing the backyard movies again soon. Yay! Yeah. We'll have to go to one and then talk about it. Absolutely. it be fun. Oh, and also, fun fact, if you've never been there, it is around the corner from the oh. Myers house. That's right. From Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. Taking a many pictures in front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with a With a wonderful Michael Myers. Yes. <laughs> waiting there for us on the steps. Buster Rhymes is long gone. So is Tyra. But, you know. <laughs> that was great. Anyway, I like my Michael Myers houses with Buster Rhymes in them. <laughs> Next up, it's official. Netflix has landed Tim Burton's live action Adams Family series. So this will be an eight episode spinoff focused on the iconic character of Wednesday Adams. The best one. And it will be aptly titled Wednesday. I love it. Yes. So it's going to be it's uh, 
penned as being a coming of age comedy. Um, and the Smallville creators, Al Go, I believe that's how you say his name. At least I hope that sounds it is. about right. Um, and Miles Miller will be um, are going to be directing, or I'm sorry, they wrote it and it's being directed by Tim Burton. Um, and it will be a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery charting Wednesday. Adams following her years as a student at Nevermore Academy. <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> Nevermore. Quoth the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so here she's going to attempt to master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a monstrous killing spree that's terrorized the local town, and will solve the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating new and very tangled relationships. Ooh. Yeah, so this should be exciting. Yeah. This sounds amazing. I know. I'm freaking excited. I hope it doesn't suck. I'm going to be real crushed if it does. Right. <laughs> So, uh, recently announced, I love how my whole thing just went back to the beginning. (laughs) Is this the part where we just go out with impromptu song and dance? Yes. Do you want to fight me? Yeah, that one. (laughs) Do you want to catch these hands? There it is. Okay. Okay, we're back. And I'm back. So, so announced, and actually, as I was putting this in it, it was actually announced today. So not only is the second season of Shudder's show premiering april 1st but a third season has already been ordered Ooh! and the season two trailer is out now and it previews nine new tales filled with monsters and madmen i'm excited i know i can't wait so season two's cast includes barbara crampton ali larder ryan quantin um iman benson uh, C. Thomas Howell, uh, Denise Crosby, Brecken Meyer, Ted Ramey, uh, Kevin Dillon, and Eric Edelstein. Excuse me. That's a big cast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Shutter recently revealed an, uh, initial details about some of the new season segments, which will be directed and executive producer showrunner uh, Greg Greg Nicotero. I swear I can talk. Um, <laughs> uh, Keith David from The Thing, Ashley Lawrence from Hellraiser, and Josh McDermott from The Walking Dead will star in Pesticide, and that was written by uh, Frank Dietz. Uh, he wrote, um, did some help on the movie I Hate Kids. Ooh. Sounds like something I would watch. Yep. Um, <laughs> in which an exterminator makes an infernal bargain. And then Model, Ki- Model Kid, written by returning Creepshow writer John Epizzito. Um, he did the season one uh, Night of the Paw. Um, it's been done yeah (laughs) and this is about a 12 year old monster fan who turns a a hand-built model uh kits to escape his unhappy reality hey it's me (laughs) and uh joe lynch uh, joe lynch will also direct an episode didn't keith david do one of the episodes in the last season that came out I was going to say yes. I thought he he was in that It seems episode like there's a lot with... of like returning people other than yeah. the cast, but like as far as like writers and oh, yeah. you know, well, people well, collaborating. Oh yeah, well Nicotero, it's his yeah. show. It's it's his team so he's like mm-hmm. I'm going to keep the same people cuz they made the first one good. So mm-hmm. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so in some other new project news, so, um, Deadline reported that, um, Ari Aster, who did, uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. What a, what a couple of fucked up movies. Right. <laughs> I was I mean, gonna say that they were, he has a dark and they creepy were mind. Both brilliantly done, but yes. oh my god, what Mid, a midsummer! Of, I had a real hard time, dude. <laughs> real hard time. And, and don't get me wrong; it was really well done. It was. It was just so unsettling, which I guess is the mark of a great horror film, <laughs> right? It was, it was the two I mean, shades it, of fucked up. Yeah, like if you leave watching it like super unsettled, then job well done. <laughs> And if you left the theater watching Midsummer and being like, hey, everybody want to go eat candy? I might be worried for you. <laughs> I think that was me as I'm sitting here <laughs> eating my gummy bears. <laughs> you was a little, you was a little worried. You was, you was a little bothered. Yeah, I was. I was just kind of like, mm, I don't know. If the part I with the bear, like, yeah, could we have left the bear out of it? clearly they always want to why do people always want to kill animals in movies just stop why? i don't care if you kill the people but stop killing the animals <laughs> i know <laughs> we're so bad um well so um ari aster um has set up his next project which will reunite the filmmaker with a24 and the film is titled disappointment boulevard and joaquin phoenix is attached to star so uh, a deadline report uh, report notes that the film is being described as an intimate um decade spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time it certainly doesn't sound like a horror movie on paper but uh additional plot details are unknown at this time um a24 will produce and finance the film penned by aster so hopefully we'll hear some more news be kind of interesting to see Joaquin Phoenix in a horror film. Mm. I'd like that. I mean, he's kind of creepy well, anyway by himself. <laughs> I guess I guess you wouldn't classify Joker. Joker was a drama thriller. Yeah, drama. I, I say more drama because it was speaking of fucked up movies. Yeah, that was oh my god. That was some darkness right there. You went full method for that role, right? <laughs> like really, I think he probably after that had to go hide out. And not see the world for a while. I don't blame him. <laughs> I feel that way on a normal day, and I didn't do that movie. I mean, I, I feel people who do go on full method, but man, like, how, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you do it? I just wanted to throw sandwiches at him the whole time. Like, sandwiches. <laughs> please eat. I know. When he, like, flexed and you could see his bones, I was like, mm. oh my God. Like, oh. And then I'm, like, stuffing my face with popcorn. I know. <laughs> Oh, man. So, we uh, still want to celebrate Black History Month by sharing some wonderfully Black-owned small businesses and and other like, and websites and creators. So, um, the first one that I want to share is Wicker Girl. Uh, so, Simret is a, a film producer, director, and writer creating her own little horror flicks. Mm. It's actually really cool. <laughs> So she also blogs about horror films and tarot, as well as um, shares vlogs on YouTube. Um, She uh, taught herself to use a camera. She lived in uh, the Midlands uh, for eight years and then traveled to many countries on commissioned art multimedia projects. 
and worked with other like-minded uh, filmmakers at a grassroots level. So, you know, a lot of independent stuff, but she's basically, you know, have been creating her own little like mini horror films, which are really cool. Um, but um, she's now based in London and she started collaborating again. So you'll see some new stuff, you know, coming from her on her YouTube. Um, she'll mention it on uh, her blog. And if you happen to want to stop in and, uh, get a little tarot reading you can also do that too <laughs> and she's yeah and she's um almost finished with her um third horror film which she filmed in vietnam Ooh. i'm, I'm assuming this is probably all pre-covid <laughs> unless she was unless she's living there now and she's hanging out but um please check out uh wicker girl um she has a website and also uh instagram and facebook groovy so the uh, creator that I picked is a little, it's a little unconventional. It's a little different. I picked Tanana Reeve Do. Yay. And she's absolutely brilliant. I first actually heard about her class that she teaches at UCLA, uh, which is specifically called The Sunken Place, Racism, Survival, and the Black Horror Aesthetic. I would take this class. I absolutely would too. Um, and it actually focuses on Jordan Peele's film Get Out. So I, all I can say is that I wish to God that when I was in college, mm -hmm. this would have been offered as a class. I went to film school and I did not have a class like this. No, I really, really wish that this would have been offered. Um, yeah, agreed. But I, you know, I was a science major, so I took boring stuff anyway. Not, it's not boring. I <laughs> well, actually yeah. really love science. I mean, science, going to film school, I wish they offered this. He just gave us a, a list and... You know, we had to watch stuff and analyze it. Yeah. It was very boring. My, yeah. my first year of film school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, I, I first heard about her when she was teaching that class. And then she's also featured discussing um, the history of black filmmakers in the wonderful Shutter documentary that I'm going to keep plugging until the day I die, um, which is horror noir. So she's featured on that as well, discussing film quite a bit but she's actually a very accomplished author and i actually wanted i did not talk to you about this at dinner but i wanted to pick one of her books for our next book club book. <gasps> i'm in because she's an amazing author i've read two of her other books so far okay um and she's great she's wonderful so yes well, you know i'm in yeah so please read from tanana reeve do i just like the name yeah she's amazing it's Tanareve. 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 There's an extra N in there. Yeah. Tanareve. Yes. I like that. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> well, today we are going to give you a very, well, we could talk Condensed. about, yeah, we're, we could talk about this for, we, and you know what, we might actually have to split it up because there are so many different um, pieces of this particular religion yeah that we should be discussing but we're going to give you the reader's digest version today <laughs> really in an hour or less yes we uh, really cut some stuff out <laughs> yes we are going to talk about voodoo Ooh. and some so some of the common misconceptions um how it started there's really i, I think when i was researching this there were eight branches that i found yeah but there's really three primary branches yes. of voodoo that make up all of our that that make up voodoo that's followed around the world um but 
yes, we could go forever talking yeah. about this, so we'll split it up. We'll definitely have to have a part part do. We definitely will. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and start and obviously talk about probably the one one of the most famous places I would say in the U.S. that you know you, everybody feels like voodoo comes from, but it's not originated there, and that's Nola. Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> so, um, voodoo first came to Louisiana uh, with enslaved West Africans who emerged uh, their religious rituals and practices with those of local Catholic population. So, uh, Nolens voodoo is also known as voodoo Catholicism. It's weird that those two would go together <laughs> i actually have have a lot about that in my section as well okay well then i will cut no 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 no, no. you can oh, okay yeah you can still talk but um, i'm not gonna like dive into it i'll let you dive no, in. no no yeah yeah it's it's um yeah go ahead but it's just interesting that it like meets <laughs> so um but it uh, it is a religion connected to nature, spirits, and ancestors. Voodoo was bolstered uh, when followers fleeing Haiti after nineteen uh, sorry not nineteen seventy one sorry seventeen ninety one uh, the slave revolt um, moved to New Orleans and grew as many free people of color made its practice an important part of their culture, and of course that emerged voodoo queens and uh queen uh, queens and kings um in the 1800s which i'll get into a little bit of those well one in particular because we already kind of talked about uh, marie laveau and a lot of people know about her it's um you know she's pretty much famous <laughs> in all of new orleans and probably one of the most um visited uh crypts um, in the uh, St. Louis Cemetery. People, the face. Stop yeah, stop, stop writing on it. Cemetery. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Please stop writing on it. She, You're ruining yeah. her beautiful crypt. If I were her, I'd be pissed that you're marking up my fucking tomb with all your goddamn exes. <laughs> I'm not granting your wish. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so bad. <laughs> But so uh, historically, those practicing voodoo in New Orleans were actually kind of mocked. They were called wild cannibals and um, sexual deviants. Um, I could see that. <laughs> but uh, in the 1850s, it was common. It was a common and boastful practice uh, to make sweeping arrests upon the discovery of more voodooism. And then a few decades later, reports mention fetish offerings of lizards. Uh, lizards tongues and blind worms stings and the strangest of strange religions uh, find in uncouth exercises the marvelous uh, ex um, <laughs> eccentricities of superstition so that mockery and mischaracterization continued well into the 20th century so much that many who practice even today find it best to do so uh, behind closed doors so some people kind of keep it like a little hidden so like when you go to new orleans you'll find like you know def um, authentic botanicas or folk medicine stores and they have uh, windows and doors that are tinted or completely like obscured so that you can't see like what's going on inside 
There is that voodoo tour I really want to take. Me too. Can you take me behind one of those closed door store, the <laughs> shaded out window stores, please? Oh, hell yeah. I want to see. I want to see what you're doing. I want, to make, I want my little actual voodoo doll. <laughs> when we go, it'll be a part of the trip. Okay, good. Yeah, really, when we're doing all this research and stuff, this is... Uh, we're just we're making notes places that we want to go when we're, it's safe to travel. Yeah, we are making uh, lots of notes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, like, basically, now, when you go to New Orleans, a lot of the stores, they have, like, you know, little uh, souvenirs of, you know, little voodoo dolls and potions and uh, talismans. Um, you can kind of pick that up. You know, that's why there's always that huge, you know, fascination when you go to New Orleans with spirits and magic and mystery. That That's why it just kind of draws everybody there. Your friends from the other side. Mm-hmm. I, I want to visit them. I loved him in the... <laughs> I loved him in Princess and the Frog. I know. Well, and as I mentioned, so, of course, we know about Marie Laveau. But there is one person that we haven't talked about who is actually, uh, was pretty prominent in uh, New Orleans, and that's Dr. John. And not the famous Rock and Roll Hall of Famer (laughs) who made New Orleans voodoo rock uh, pretty amazing. Like, very bluesy. I actually got to meet him once. Nice. Just a little tiny segue because my my great aunt linda was very famous blues singer and she was doing the big uh jazz and blues festival down there that they have well they used to have probably not right now no not <laughs> um, COVID. which is in like every april like towards the end of april it's always around my birthday and that's when i always want to go to new orleans <laughs> but um yeah very cool but not the person that i'm going to be talking about today um (laughs) dr john uh he was also called bayou john or jean i'm gonna ruin this last name (laughs) mon yeah no montaigne 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 that's yeah So, Dr. John was a free black man who owned slaves in antebellum New Orleans. That seems like a... That's very ironic. Mm-hmm. It's like rain on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good advice you just didn't take. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like... Sorry. <laughs> and apparently, he was a very, very tall man. They just said he was a huge man. Um, (laughs) and, uh, Dr. John claimed that he was a prince in his homeland of Senegal, sent into slavery by the Spaniards and then taken to Cuba. There he became an excellent cook and convinced his master to grant, um, grant him his freedom. Next, he worked as a sailor returning to Senegal where he no longer felt at home. So he returned to the sea and ended up in New Orleans, where he found work as a cotton roller on the docks. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he started out as a slave, but then now he owns slaves later in life. Really weird. Um, So then he noticed that he had kind of like this power and his bosses um, made him an overseer. Um, Dr. John's fame spread and he found he could get, he could get money for his tricks and services. Um, he built a house on Bayou Road and bought female slaves. He actually married some of them, performing his own ceremonies. Wait, some of them? 
He like, married some of them. Like all at once or? Like maybe not all of his wives. Like is it Utah or? Sure. I mean, he performed his own ceremony, so. I mean. <laughs> there you go. I guess you Apparently he thought he was all, you know, high and mighty and powerful. <laughs> but he eventually um, had 15 wives and more than 50 children. Again, I say like at once. <laughs> Like 15 wives at once. He's just sleeping with everybody and having all kinds of babies. But let me tell you. That's a lot of children. It's hard. One marriage. (laughs) Keeping one marriage in a wonderful and happy state is hard enough. I can't imagine being married to 15 people at once. I mean. Or was this like over an extended period of time? I mean, I'm sure it's uh, over time. I mean, he bought them as female slaves but then married some of them but again i say so maybe (laughs) was this like all at once like 15 wives all at once or i mean maybe they were all living there i mean there's 50 children running around i hope he would keep them to to help that's so much work because clearly he's not helping (laughs) i'm tired just hearing about that I can't even imagine 50 children. Kill me now. I, I'm like. <laughs> no, I, I love kids. Like, why? I just, they're not for me. I love other. I love some of other people's kids. Right. But why create an army like that? What are you planning? World takeover? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of. Um, I would say I would say more of the. um other race (laughs) not black (laughs) Mm -hmm. they stared at him in public Mm -hmm. because he just kind of came off like he he would ride into town in his little you know uh horse-drawn carriage pretty much as as fine as any white man he thought like he was up there with him with them like he thought he was all powerful like that i mean he had 15 wives and 50 children so i mean he could sure he could overthrow the entire city if he pretty wanted to. pretty much <laughs> and like when dr john uh, rode on horseback alone he wore like a super like gaudy spanish costume fuck yeah man <laughs> live your best don quixote life i know that's what i said <laughs> You get that windmill, sir. Yeah. And like later he would change into like a more like austere black costume with a, a white frilly shirt and he grew like this huge beard. Dude, again, I say live your best Don Quixote life. Right. Very uh, flamboyant. Yep. I kind of like it. For somebody who had 15 uh, wives and 50 kids, man, you'd think he's going, with these shirts, he's going a different direction. But, but anyway, so he um, leaving the uh, voodoo meetings to the administration of the Queens, uh, Dr. John specialized in um, he specialized more in like for tune telling, healing and making the um, little grease grease dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) um, his house was filled with snakes, lizards, toads scorpions and human skulls that were stolen from graveyards he's really nice uh blacks and whites came to him for advice love potions and placing or lifting of curses others followed um his commands out of fear of dr john's secret knowledge 
he had, had many secrets. It was in his beard. That's why it kept growing. His beard is big and full of secrets. <laughs> or maybe it was all his children. All his children were Horcruxes. No. <laughs> you got to kill them all to kill him. Oh, man. <laughs> that that Texas power grid. I know. Rush Limbaugh Horcrux thing. Ever since you me. said that, it's stuck in my head. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, speaking of friends in Texas, mm-hmm. we're thinking about you right now. Yes, we are. Like lots. Because we have a lot of friends in Texas. We do. And or our, know people who are from there and have family. And Yeah. And our second largest listener base is from Texas. Yeah. After California, our home state. So we're thinking about you all. We hope yes. you're okay. We've donated to different causes to try to help. We know it's not enough and it never will be, but we're thinking about you. Yes. We're sending hugs. Yes. <laughs> well and back to the um reality show of dr john mm-hmm. <laughs> so people were a little bit of afraid of him because he just knew so much about people you know they're coming to him for advice so of course he's probably peeking into their lives <laughs> but um most of his wisdom did not come from the spirits um however but from a huge network of black servants placed all over town so he's got little spies um he either bought or took information from them thereby giving him an advantage um when thickly veiled white girls came to him desiring to know if their lovers were faithful Girl, Spoiler if you got to ask, you already know the answer. <laughs> if you got to ask, you already know. Mari will tell you. If you got to check <laughs> his Dr. phone, Dr. John Mari. Yeah, if you got to check his phone, if you got to check his email, you already the know. The lie detector test said determined that was a lie. Yep. <laughs> but um uh, another one of uh, Dr. John's specialties was the starting or stopping of poltergeist phenomena. Oh, enter um, Zach Baggins. <laughs> um, and usually showers of rock and stones on the victim's home. Ooh. So, yeah, a policeman would just be weirded out by this as, like, the rocks would just rain down, apparently from nowhere. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so there's all these little stories of this. So, naturally, Dr. John could stop such harassment for a fee. Interesting. <sighs> Yeah, I will. I will pay the spirits <laughs> to or, stop the yeah, rocks. Or you pay me, and I will get the spirits to stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he was like a fucking Ghostbuster. Pretty much. Look at him. He was way ahead of his time. He's so smart. <laughs> we will stop the haunting of the New York Public Library if you pay us. Yeah. So one case reports that the slaves of um, that of uh, Samuel Wilson paid sixty-two dollars to stop a shower of rocks, but Wilson took Doctor John to court to retrieve the sixty-two dollars. A few days oh, later, the rock showers began again. You get what you deserve, See? Samuel Wilson. Can't do that. Got paid at sixty-two dollars. I'm sure that was a lot back then. Yeah, sixty-two dollars in what year? This guy was rich. <laughs> anyway, sixty-two yes. dollars today is like a parking ticket, right? <laughs> even then i feel like parking tickets are more <laughs> depending on where you park mm-hmm. especially in la Dude. too many signs Dude. you get like five tickets because you're violating like six yeah like- <laughs> you can park in one spot and be breaking like nine different laws right. exactly <laughs> it was dr john <laughs> he planned all these signs everywhere um so interesting enough he was unable to read or write but he supposedly amassed a huge fortune, even burying $150,000 on his property. Dude, my dad did that shit. 
Yeah. Not 150 grand. I, I, I have a great aunt that did that. And my mom went through the whole house. My mom and my grandmother went through the whole house and found a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he buried dollar like bills in PVC pipe and put the caps on them and duct taped them so that the water wouldn't seep in. And he buried PVC pipes of money all around his fucking property. And my wow. brother and I are like, we're not digging this up. This is not worth our time. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if it's, yeah. it's a nice surprise for it's, whoever buys this house swap now. Right. They're going to be like, ooh, money. Right. I would like that. If that was me going around the house and I find money, I'll be real excited. You're welcome. Please <laughs> reap the benefits of my mentally ill parent who just buried money all around his property. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even though, you know, Dr. John kind of came off this like kind of like a pompous kind of guy <laughs> um he never forgot um his poor neighborhoods um you know where he kind of started basically so he would dispense food to anyone who needed oh, it he would nice. help them but by the end of his life his poor business sense caused his financial demise he didn't trust banks convinced that once he gave a bank his money he would never see it again well i mean he's not wrong <laughs> his investments turned sour and his wives and children were continually leaving with a part of his assets oh well, snap there's the answer to that question there you go i was gonna say is this all at once but apparently it wasn't Mm-mm. one by one mm-hmm. <laughs> And others cheated him outright. So finally, uh, Dr. John employed a a young um, black man to teach him to read and write. And then he spent long hours learning to sign his name. So one day, a con artist had him sign his name at the bottom of a long paper. And Dr. John lost all his Bayou Road property. It's really sad. Mm. Um, Dr. John tried to regain his prestige, but younger people, uh, principally his protege, uh, Marie Lebeau, and then, and then her daughter of the same name had taken over the voodoo business. So at age 80, he was forced to move in with children from his white wife. Oh, snap. Though, though he, okay, I'm not going to say what this word is because I hate it. Is it cunt? No. Oh. <laughs> Actually. You hate that word. I, I do, but not as much as this one. I don't know why. I just, okay. I mean, I'll say it. He despised mulattoes, meaning mixed race, oh, like black and white. Oh. And the only reason why I hate it, because somebody called me that once and I hate it. Nobody should ever call you that. That's awful. Yeah. It just sounds like a really bad like racist word to me it's not a kind word yeah so yeah he even though he slept with a white woman and (laughs) made all these children he he didn't like that you know he didn't like them self-deprecation is a motherfucker so weird (laughs) oh i thought you meant the c word and i'm like no sorry i only like okay i dislike that word when it's used i guess kind of in a more derogatory way if that makes sense. I just really loved that my two-year-old foster nephew showed up knowing that word. Oh, crap. <laughs> I never told you that story? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So But my, that's amazing. Well, because, so my, <laughs> especially because, like, no disrespect to my brother and sister-in-law, however you choose to to practice and live your life is your business, mm-hmm. um, but they are fundamentalist Christians. Um, I clearly am not based on my language in and, case you. And we're also talking about voodoo. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when they, and bless their hearts, they they fostered to adopt two children. And when little Eric showed up, 
uh, at age two. He's now four, but when he showed up at age two, he already knew the word cunt. Oh my God. <laughs> See, I like it when, like, the other day when I was speaking with you about something and I said that the word came out. Sometimes people deserve it. You know. I'm- so I'll leave it there. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. So like, long story short, I thought that that's the word that you were going to say. So I said no, it for you. Sorry. There's just certain words. I have a list of words that I don't like. I mean, you know, some of them. And now you're uh, now we're adding on mulatto. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not a nice word. Yeah. The other one has it, it's more a sexual thing and. Yeah, we're not going to say that. Um, anyway. Tecate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the other word that I don't like starts with a J. Just think about it. And it's uh, dirty in nature? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Google for a list of words. <laughs> <laughs> Will you do that and I'll finish talking okay, yes. about Dr. John. <laughs> so... He was forced to move in and obviously because he lost all of his money, all of his property because he was uneducated and everybody swindled him. Oh, is it this word? It is. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Hate it. Sorry, continue. I hate it. It's like the worst way to describe what they're talking about. First word. One syllable. Four letters. Sounds like fizz <laughs> and now everybody oh, knows i have derailed our entire episode i am sorry <laughs> no this is great it went from <laughs> it went from voodoo dr john and now we're talking about fizz fizz <laughs> With a J. With with a J. Oh, oh man. I hope children don't listen to this. Yes, please. We're, we're going to put a... I mark the explicit every time I upload our episodes. Okay, because sometimes things just come out. Sorry, guys. And gals and, and people. It's getting worse for me. Which you like. You're, I do. <laughs> I love Savage Brie. Your give a shit filter is, is dwindling and I love it. Oh, man. it's It's been too long. I think everybody's been waiting for this moment. Well, I'll say... All of the best people in my life have been waiting for this moment. <laughs> That's true. But, okay, anyway, so... Dr. John. Dr. John, he... Um, uh, there's a lot of gossip, you know, going around in New Orleans about him. And, you know, they think that, you know, he was just kind of... He was fixed. You know, they thought everything that he did was kind of fake. Um, but they also believe that he fell a victim of a spells that were greater than his own. Um, he died in August of 1885 at the age of 82, which was four years after the death of Marie Laveau. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that is the story of Dr. John. So I was like, hey, that's cool. Because I didn't know about him. Like, literally, when you look up voodoo in New Orleans, all you see is Marie Laveau. Oh, yeah. And that's it. And her daughter or whoever, you know, the rumor was. Marie Laveau, too. Yeah. (laughs) No one actually knows the, like, true identity. They never know. And then I, I, I also read in a bunch of other places. Sorry, my phone just went off. I mean, my... 
my computer just went off. Um, they they said they even feel like she's not buried in that crypt. She might not be. Like they think they just did that to kind of make her like you know appear that she's not alive anymore, and you can go and pray there. But but actually, if you um you can look up uh Doctor John's uh grave, he they they also put X's on his too. Serious? Yeah, seriously. They make offerings to him. You can make an offering, but stop defacing people's yeah, graves. I I just want to say if anybody fucks with my headstone, because them shits aren't expense are are expensive. The ground one that we did for my grandfather because my dad was too cheap to do it when he was Aww. alive mm-hmm. was seventy five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. They are not cheap. Don't fuck up my shit when I'm dead. I will come back as a squirrel and crawl up your <laughs> pant leg and make your life miserable. Especially the crips in in New Orleans. Think I mean, I don't know how much they cost, but I'm sure a it's lot. not cheap. A I'm lot. sure it's not cheap. And you're sitting there defacing it. I feel like if you write an ex trying to get a wish, she should like curse you forever. I because agree. Because you're writing all over her, whether she's in there or not. I agree. It's the resting place for her soul. <laughs> if there's right? no body, whatever. <laughs> and the same for Dr. John. Like, you know, he might have been this you know, kooky, maybe fake voodoo guy, but hey, same thing. Let's just leave their graveside alone. That would be great. Just stop <laughs> it. Stop, 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 stop it. Um, so there's another thing um, that's a, a big kind of festival in New Orleans, and I hope one day I get to see it. Um, and um, actually, Marie Laveau was kind of the first person who like really like kind of amped up this celebration and it's uh saint john's eve so uh saint john's eve it starts at sunset on june 23rd and that is the the eve of the celebration before the feast of saint john the baptist Mm. and so in the um the gospel of luke states that john was born six months before jesus therefore the feast of john the baptist was fixed on June 24th, six months before Christmas, according to the old Roman calculation. And this feast is one day of the um, of the very few saints' days, which commemorates the anniversary of the birth rather than the death of the saint being honored. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I looked up some pictures. It's, it's actually a really cool celebration, and they um, they go out to the water and they you know it's just it's a it's do they release the floating lanterns they don't they just have a big party just a big party and they um do different rituals and do prayers you know kind of like you know just celebrating uh saint john the baptist and praying to him and you know later in um marie laveau's life you know she kind of went more into her uh into the you know, a Catholic part of her life. So she was really kind of amping up these, um, these celebrations. And it's actually kind of cool. I don't know. I'm not Catholic, but I like that it's like Catholic and kind of the voodoo kind of mix. I don't know. I find it kind of interesting. Catholicism is very ritual heavy. Yeah. But 
but I feel like with voodoo too, in some of the practices, it's it's very ritual heavy too. Have you ever been to a Catholic wedding? I have. Sit down, stand up, yep. say this. Sit I was down, I was a bridesmaid, more. okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why are we still talking? I'm like, I'm so glad I wore flats. <gasps> oh man, <laughs> kneeling, getting back up. Oh wait, wait, we're gonna kneel again. <sighs> and we're back up and we're talking and we're repeating and we're communing communioning <laughs> oh man it's a lot it is but lots to see in new orleans hopefully one day i will get there Someday with you when the rona is gone that's gonna be the next song oh man <laughs> it's stuck in my head all right well the second portion of the three specifically discussing Haitian voodoo. Oh. So, as I mentioned, there are eight different branches that I could find. I'm sure that there's probably more. But my basic research I did this week showed eight different branches. But there are three main types that are practiced around the world. So, or at least uh, they come from regions where voodoo is most often practiced and this one is obviously haitian voodoo there's also louisiana voodoo which you just mentioned for new orleans and west african vodun oh yes vodun vodun um so haitian voodoo is really heavily influenced by christianity and french imperialism um, West African voodoo is practiced by 30 million people and its rituals actually have not changed very much over time, which I thought was really interesting. So to your point, talking about the Catholicism that's been embedded in the voodoo religion, this was actually created as a way for slaves to cope. So mm. voodoo developed. Sounds about right. <laughs> man, don't even get me started, friend. So, voodoo was developed over time as forcibly christened African slaves looked for ways to continue worshiping their own gods. And slaves found a common ground for their faith, so they would practice their own rites and modify rituals so that they could still be considered Catholic. And socializing together kept them strong. So, this is why community is actually one of the most important values in voodoo. Mm. Now, there are also very a few very different spellings of it. So it is the ones that I found are Vodo or V-O-D-O-U. Oh, um, okay. Yep. And then there is Voodoo, obviously, V-O-O-D-O-O. Vaudu, Vaudun, or Vaudun, or French Vaudu. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. It, uh, it, it goes all over the map. So, uh... As I mentioned, this is a creolized religion that was forged by descendants of, uh, I'm going to fuck up this name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like me. Yeah, I think it's Dalmine, Congo, Yorba, and other African ethnic groups who had been enslaved and brought to colonial, colonial St. Domin Dominique. I think it's uh, St. Domin Domin Domingue. Domingue. St. Domingue. There you go. Um, and that was actually f the artist formerly known as Haiti. I just should have said Haiti. Um, but that's what <laughs> Haiti used to be called. Um, and then were Christianized by Roman Catholic missionaries in the 16th and 17th century. So the word vodou means spirit or deity in the Fon language of the African kingdom of Dalmi, which is now Benin. 
Oh. Yeah, so it's got very heavy African roots. Um, so the primary goal and activity of voodoo is to, quote unquote, serve the spirits, to offer prayers, perform devotional rites directed at God and particular spirits in return for health, protection, and favor. I like this. Uh, this is where it starts getting really groovy. <laughs> Spirit possession Ooh. plays. A, yeah, but not like the, you know, the exorcism of Emily Rose oh. possession. Okay. Um, Spirit possession plays an important role in Afro-Haitian religion, as it does in many other world religions. So during religious rites, believers sometimes enter a trance-like state in which the devotee may eat and drink, perform stylized dances. Fuck yeah, man. Sign hey, me up for all the stylized dances. I'm in for this. This is groovy. Where do I sign up? Um, they give supernaturally inspired advice to people or perform medical cures or special physical feats. Um, and then these acts exhibit the incarnate presence of the spirit within the entranced devotee. Mm-hmm. So voodoo ritual activity is aimed at refining and restoring balance and energy in relationships between people and people and between people and the spirits of the unseen world. Okay. So, it's an oral tradition that's been practiced by extended families. I actually found it very interesting. Voodoo doesn't really have an official book or guide on how to practice. It is all based on oral traditions that are passed on from generation to generation by word of mouth. There is no official written text. Oh, okay. Discussing its teachings. So it's been passed along through necessary devotional practices from elders um, in cities, local hierarchies of priestesses or priests. I appreciate that there are priestesses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, children of spirits, uh, ritual drummers, and these folks comprise more formal, quote unquote, congregations. And in these congregations, the knowledge is passed on through a ritual of initiation in which the body becomes the site of spiritual transformation. See, this all sounds like very wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a hard time. But I mean, I guess it's like everything in cinema. We just, we we take the good and then we figure out how to dramatize it and, and make it less good. So here we <laughs> right. are. And, um, yeah, I was like, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> um, so there's some regional difference in pr- the ritual practices across Haiti and branches of the religion are very far across the, the nation, even though it's very, very small. There's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine different branches of that of Haitian voodoo just in Haiti, which oh, is a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. Mm hmm. So there's no centralized hierarchy, no single leader, and no official spokesperson. Hell yeah, let's stop giving fallible people all the power that they do not deserve. Exactly. Um, but various groups will attempt to create these official structures. Um, there are also secret societies. I love a good secret society. Bring on the Freemasons. Yeah, give it to us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that perform different uh, religious and juris... <laughs> All, all these different religious functions. So here's a couple of other bits of information. So there is a calendar of ritual feasts Ooh. that actually s- syncs up with the Roman Catholic calendar. And it provides a yearly rhythm of religious practice and important 
spirits are celebrated on saints days um for example saint james day the feast of our lady of mount carmel saint patrick's day all saints and all souls days and there are many other familial feasts for the sacred children for the poor and for particular ancestors as well as initiation and funerary rites oh yeah so lots of uh lots of celebrating very cool yeah so a couple things that you may not know um First off, it is all about healing. So contrary, as I mentioned, to what movies want to make you believe, it's not about evil magic and it's not about curses. It's primarily about healing. And a lot of these methods are homeopathic and others involve different types of natural remedies, especially herbs. Um, And some have to do with spells, but for the most part, it's very natural remedies. And voodoo also teaches respect for the natural, natural world. So to cite Haiti again as an example, it's not uncommon for poor people to seek the help of a voodoo priest rather mm. than a doctor. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so a couple of other things. I didn't realize that voodoo has a, a supreme creator. A, a god, as you if you will. Okay. Um, so this god is called Bondi. Okay, I didn't know this. That's interesting. B-O-N-D-Y-E. Okay. Or Bondi. Bondi, Bondi. I like it. Um, So followers believe in this one supreme creator um, who can be equated to the Catholic or Christian God. Um, And it's derived from the French term Bondieu, which means good God. Oh. Mm -hmm. And he controls both the spiritual world and human activity. He represents the human community and is the origin of all life. I like this already. I know. It sounds so pleasant. I mean, I might just join. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Might be practicing soon. And now we're going to take a little bit of a right turn. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is is where you're going to ruin it for me, right? Just this one part. Okay. Uh, So let's (laughs) talk about animal sacrifice. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Um, So... There is animal sacrifice in voodoo. However, it is part of the religion, not because it's an obsession with bloodshed or or any other kind of gruesome reason that gets, you know, overplayed in cinema. Um, But it's about transferring life energy to spirits, uh, which and usually most people are asking for help. Um, And it's how people feed the spirits. So many of the sacrificed animals are chickens and many of the requests are about health okay i know i'm like i'm okay eh? with the chicken well i'm like not super excited i'm also like okay whatevs (laughs) um and then also very similar to modern day wicca or witchcraft there is a moral code of conduct so it's not just going out and doing all kinds of harm to people and, and wishing to do harm on others uh there is a code of ethics so there's no such thing as human sacrifice Put that fucking James Bond movie out of your head. (laughs) Good God. Um, It's completely against Voodoo's moral code. um, And it really stresses no harm to others. And it focuses on the wrongs of dishonor and greed. Okay. And last but not least, Voodoo dolls are not a thing. So, voodoo dolls are mistakenly thought to be stuffed dolls that people use to curse somebody. Right. They didn't even exist when the religion was developed. I figured that as much. I knew that was like a 
total touristy yes. New Orleans thing. Yes. <laughs> so dolls are just a very small part of voodoo beliefs and they were adapted to blend in with Christianity. Okay. So the role of these dolls was quite the opposite of evil. They were actually meant to honor the people that they represent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I should make a lot of those though. Just in general. Yep. There's a few that I'd like to make. Yep. I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Indeed. And that is background on Haitian voodoo. I like it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of things I learned today. Indeed. I still would like to do that voodoo tour. Oh, hell yeah. And see all these different shops. Like, um, like the one that we mentioned in one of the um, the Black-owned small businesses. that House of Hoodoo? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is on the list. Oh, hell yeah. For sure. Yeah, that'll be good. Well, that concludes our episode today, friends. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you learned yeah. a couple of things because we did. Um, we'll do another probably offshoot of voodoo yeah in a couple months so much more to talk about oh yeah tons and tons and tons oh yeah yep but those are that's the reader's digest version you are all welcome and there's nothing you know now and now you know that dr john had 15 wives and 50 children that's too many (laughs) yeah and you also learned that 50 children is too many (laughs) unless you're trying to overthrow something and please don't marry yourself um or not marry yourself marry I was like, I will gladly marry myself. I only That's have one, not what I meant to I only say. I have one person to keep happy. Don't. Per- okay, let me rephrase that. Don't perform your own ceremonies oh, of yeah. marriage to people. That doesn't. That doesn't count. No, it won't uphold in a court of law. <laughs> At least not in the state of California. Right. I don't know about back then in New Orleans, but yeah. But anyway. Indeed. <laughs> Well, don't forget to uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Like us on Facebook. Oh, subscribe also. You should subscribe subscribe so that you're you're notified every time we push something out and then you have to suffer. I like that. Every time we we push something out. (laughs) Every time we birth a new episode. Every time a new episode is born. You will get notified. You will. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to us. I said that part. Oh, you did? Oh, did. <laughs> sorry. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Buy our merch. Yeah. We have merch. We are also Kitty FX brand ambassadors. Yes, please check them out. Yes. KittyFXShop.com. Um, yep. And we have use our code SquadGhouls for 15% off of your order 1515. Um, or you can go to our website, click the link from our website, and you don't even have to enter a code. You can just directly check out. It's real nifty. Yeah. All fun and easy for you. Mm-hmm. Did I forget anything? No, I think you covered it because I doubled something. So <laughs> You doubled the important part. I did. Creep it real, folks. And we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye.